This week's episode of Let's Talk About Mental Health is Let's Talk About Stress, why it happens and how to deal with it. So, let's get talking. This is Let's Talk About Mental Health, a weekly podcast about mental health and well-being hosted by Jeremy Godwin. Let's talk about mental health, because the more we talk about it, the easier it gets. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Let's Talk About Mental Health, the podcast that's full of practical advice to improve your mental health and well-being. I'm Jeremy Godwin, and I'm very glad that you could join me for this episode, which you can either listen to as a podcast or read on letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au. This week, we're going to be talking about stress, what it is, why it happens, and how to deal with it, both at work and at home. Plus, we'll be talking about how to manage your mental health and well-being every day in order to reduce the effect that stress can have on you. On that note, enough of the introductions. Let's get talking. Stress. Whether we like it or not, stress is a part of life. It affects pretty much every single one of us, and we need a little bit of stress in our lives to keep us motivated and moving forward. Otherwise, we'd probably all be spending each and every day on the couch doing nothing. But when stress gets out of hand, either at home or at work or both, it can cause serious issues for your mental and physical health. I talk a lot about how it's up to each of us to be proactive in managing our mental health and well-being in my work, and there are lots of things that you can do to minimise stress in your life. Sometimes, however, stress gets the best of us. So today, we'll talk through how to deal with the ugly beast when you're feeling overwhelmed by that nasty stress monster. The term stress is a psychological term that we're probably all too familiar with. And it describes the feeling that we have when we're under pressure or we're feeling overburdened by things that are going on in our life. In small doses, stress can actually be a motivator. Speak to any athlete or professional musician about their process for getting ready, and they'll probably talk to you about the rush of adrenaline and nerves that they need to work through and channel into their game or performance. That's stress, but that's good stress. I know for me that every time I prepare to get up and speak in front of a group of people, my nerves kick in. However, I always remind myself of what someone I worked with many years ago once told me, back when I was a trainer in corporate land. She said, if you don't feel nervous when you get up to present or train, you're probably not passionate about doing a good job anymore and you may as well just pack it in. And that stayed with me right up until this day. And even though I still get nervous before I speak, I know why it happens. It's happening because I want to do a good job. So I channel that and that little bit of stress helps me to actually do better. So that's an example of good stress, which can be a motivator. And we all have a little bit of stress in our lives and it serves to push us forward. However, when stress gets out of control and you feel constantly nervous or on edge, then it can become utterly exhausting. And if it goes on for more than just a few days, it can actually start causing long-term damage to both your mental and your physical health. That's why dealing with stress is so important, because it's bad for your health in the long term. And there is absolutely no sugarcoating that fact. Let's be clear, too much stress can eventually kill you. 
prolonged stress, which is usually two weeks or more in a highly stressed state, is what I would call get your ass to the doctor level of stress. Now before we go any further, let's talk about what we're not talking about this week. I'm not talking here about just having the odd bad day or being a bit bored in your job or your studies or anything like that. We all have responsibilities that we need to work through. And sometimes you might be feeling great about those responsibilities and sometimes you might not. It's pretty common to alternate between good days, average days and crappy days. However, when the crappy days far outweigh the good or even the average days, that's when there's a potential problem. When you're feeling constantly overwhelmed or exhausted or out of control, it's up to you to do something about it and to ask for the help that you need to get through whatever it is. If you just leave it and hope that it will go away, unfortunately, it probably won't and then you'll end up with even more stress. So when I talk about stress, some examples might be feeling pressure at work or in your studies if you're a student. It might be feeling overwhelmed by pressures at home. It might be feeling pressure from your family to be or do things a certain way that doesn't fit in with your values or your beliefs or your goals. It might be a relationship having trouble or even breaking down. If it's a relationship with a partner or a friend or a family member, those more intimate relationships tend to have a higher level of stress attached to them when things aren't going that well than what it would if it was just a relationship with somebody who's more of an acquaintance. Yes, there's still stress there potentially, but the closer the person is to you, the higher the likelihood of there being stress if things are challenging. Or it could even just simply be feeling overwhelmed by major events going on in the world. There are lots of different factors, both internal and external to us, that can lead to stress. Understanding and dealing with stress is a big part of good mental health and well-being because unless you're living in a cabin in the woods, you're probably going to experience some level of exposure to things that can potentially stress you out. And even then, if you are living in a cabin off-grid or something, there's still spiders and things that will eat you that you have to deal with. So, you know, it's not totally stress-free. Too much stress can lead to anxiety and or depression over time, and it makes logical sense when you think about it. Look at it this way. If you constantly run your car engine at full throttle, eventually you're either going to run out of fuel or stuff up the motor, unless you take some time to maintain your vehicle. Your body and your mind, that's your vehicle, and it needs maintenance too. Otherwise, if you're constantly running on overdrive, then something will eventually have to give. Part of that involves putting in place daily practices to deal with stress before it even happens, because dealing with stress early, or heading it off before it even starts to form, is the mental health equivalent of avoiding a molehill becoming a mountain. Stop the issue before it grows into something that's so big that you need a Sherpa and a herd of goats to be able to climb it. It's up to you to find a way to take the pressure down. And that's a 1980s song reference, especially for my fellow Australian listeners, because when I'm talking about pressure, how could I not quote John Farnham? Just a quick side note here, apologies for anybody listening from outside of Australia who may not be familiar with John Farnham from the 1980s. His song, You're the Voice, the big massive song, which I know was popular overseas as well, that came out when I was 10. And for two years, I thought that the line that goes, we're not going to sit in silence, I actually thought that was, we're not going to sit in China. And that's what I would sit there and sing along. And I could never work out why these people might have been planning to go sit in China in the first place. It was very confusing for a 10 year old. And it actually 
wasn't until 1988 that I saw the lyrics somewhere and went, oh, that makes a little bit more sense. Anyway, completely nothing to do with stress. I don't know why that Fonzie lyric just set me off on a tangent, so I sincerely apologise. Let's get back to the order of business, which is stress. So I chose this topic this week because I've dealt with stress a couple of times in my life, (laughs) and that might be the greatest understatement of the 21st century. Look, I've talked to all of you before quite openly about my nervous breakdown in 2011 and the nearly seven years of depression and anxiety that followed, and I still struggle with anxiety now. The thing is that something like a total nervous breakdown doesn't just come out of nowhere, and it's rarely linked to just one single event or area of your life. In my case, I had severe stress leading up to the breakdown, and it was manifesting through a lot of physical symptoms. I had stomach and intestinal issues. In fact, they were so bad that I was going to the doctor repeatedly and he couldn't work out what was going on. And of course, I wasn't giving him the full story of how stressed I was, which was not particularly helpful. But I was having other symptoms as well. I was having migraines, back pain, poor sleep. I mean, the list just goes on. I didn't really deal with what was going on physically or mentally. And instead, I just self-medicated with food and alcohol, which I think we all know by now is hardly the most effective treatment. In hindsight, I knew I was struggling, and I was constantly stressed about a number of things. I had financial issues, family problems, work issues, an overall lack of job satisfaction, as well as just a lack of general life satisfaction. I do think that if I had have sought help earlier, perhaps things might have been a little bit easier to handle. But unfortunately, I waited until I was well past breaking point, and it took nearly 12 months to find a treatment that could settle my out-of-control emotions. For the first six months of that, I was completely suicidal, and that made it even more difficult to get through every day. So my point here is that it's never too late to do something about your stress, but know that the earlier you start talking to your doctor, the better the chance that you can avoid your mental health spiraling out of control. Mine was really fast. From initial breakdown to being suicidal only took a couple of weeks. It was somewhere between two and three weeks. So it's important to act really quickly. If you're struggling, don't put it off. You owe it to yourself to do something. So what causes stress? Stress is a symptom of bigger issues that are going on in your life. It's the little tip of the iceberg sticking out of the water. You've probably heard this analogy before, but if not, let me just quickly explain what I mean there. Roughly 90% of the mass of an iceberg is hidden underneath the water. So what you see above the surface is only a small percentage of its true size. Stress is like that. It's a symptom of underlying challenges or issues or ultimately your needs being unfulfilled. It can be triggered by any number of things, stuff going on in your life, big or small. And some of the big stuff might be illness, arguments with family or friends, moving house, I know that one's painful, financial issues, planning a big event like a wedding or even a holiday. And let's just talk about that for a second because holidays can actually be far less relaxing than we think that they're going to be, especially if you've only got a week or two away and you're trying to cram a lot of stuff into a very short period of time. You can actually come back feeling more burnt out than when you left. Or it could simply be down to pushing yourself too hard. Stress can happen because of stuff at work or stuff at home, or it could be a combination of both. Or in fact, stress at work could contribute to greater stress at home because you might be feeling less resilient, and vice versa. On the note of stress at work, let's talk about that subject for a minute, and let's be real here. It's 
it's pretty rare not to have a crappy day at work every now and then. There's so much stuff happening. There's things that are out of your control, bombarding you. But when you're constantly stressed at work, not only are you not going to be terribly effective, but it's going to be harder and harder for you to find joy outside of work. And so sometimes that can end up being a downward spiral. This whole subject about stress at work is probably a topic for its own episode at some point in the future. So I'm sure I'll circle back to that. Everyone's experience is unique. And like I say, this topic is so big, it probably is going to need its own episode. Anyway, there are a few common types of work-related stress. It might be that you're feeling overwhelmed by the workload or the expectations of the job. It might be that you like your career, but not your current employer. It could be that you're not happy in your current career at all. Or perhaps you're having problems with your co-workers or your boss. Or you might have stuff going on outside of work that's making it hard to be fully present at work. I'm sure there's lots of other things that I could list there, but if you look at most work stress, it pretty much falls into one of those categories. So whatever the contributing factor is, be it at work or at home or both, it's usually not just about what's going on in your mind. And I've said before about the physical signs, often you will see physical signs of stress well before you realize what's going on. This thing about in our Western civilization where we treat our bodies and our minds as being separate entities continues to blow my mind a little bit. I mean, when you think about it, our minds are housed inside our bodies. So it's not like they're ever going to be separate because if they were, you might have a little bit of trouble with, I don't know, living. I mean, I've certainly come across plenty of people who are living without a brain, but it's not all that common. So (laughs) that's a thing. Um, Again, I'm off on a tangent. There is a point, I swear. When you're stressed, your body responds. So sometimes you might even experience the physical symptoms before you realize what's going on in your mind. You might be getting headaches regularly or having ongoing muscle tension. You might have difficulty sleeping. You might become moody or irritable or angry much more easily than usual. Or you might have low energy or intestinal issues. You could feel constantly on edge and nervous. Or you might struggle to find pleasure in activities that you used to enjoy. Or, and I've mentioned this one before as well, you might find yourself increasing your use of alcohol or other substances as a coping mechanism. You might even have physical symptoms that just come out of nowhere. However stress might manifest for you, it's important to be aware of it and address it early because the longer these feelings go on, the more dangerous they are to your overall health. Let me quote Beyond Blue here. They're an organization here in Australia who focus on mental health and do a lot of work around like suicide prevention and mental health education. So talking about stress, the specific quote that I want to share is, you may be at risk if for the majority of the last two weeks, you found it hard to relax, felt stressed or overwhelmed and or felt panicky or anxious. If this is the case, managing your stress levels should become a priority. And I'll put the source of that up on the written version that's available on the website. That statement from Beyond Blue makes a lot of sense when you think about it. I said that analogy before, if you just keep running your car at full throttle, eventually you're either going to mess up the motor or you're going to run out of fuel. Something's going to happen. And you are no different. There is only so long that you can function on overdrive before something has to give. So with all of that said, let's get into how you can tackle stress, both at work and at home. Now, first of all, let's take a moment to talk about mindset in general and the role that it plays in good mental health and well-being. If you're a hopeful and optimistic person, you are not immune to stress. However, you're more likely to manage it well if you're able to look for the positive in things rather than becoming hung up on the negative. 
I'll put a link to some research on mindset and stress on the website for you to have a look if you're interested. But even in spite of the scientific evidence to back it all up, it's pretty much common sense because how you choose to think has a direct impact on how you feel. It's not a magic pill though. And like I said, optimistic people aren't immune to stress. I'm optimistic and, you know, hello. (laughs) But let's be clear that mindset and what you choose to focus on in your life is a big starting point in dealing with stress and also preventing stress. Hope plays a massive role here. If you have hope for the future, hope that things can and will get better, you will be more likely to look for the positive in things or want to push past any barriers, which will then enable you to get to where you need to get to. In the words of American motivational speaker Brian Tracy, set peace of mind as your highest goal and organize your life around it. Part of this is about being proactive with your mental health, because before we even talk about how to deal with stress when it's happening, I have to point out here that we should all be proactive about preventing stress before it happens. I've said it before, and I will say it again probably another 3,000 times before this year is up, prevention is better than cure. And I'll give you some tips for that in a moment. But first, let's focus on feeling stress in the moment. So you're in the middle of stress. Who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters, because I can tell you right now that no particle-throwing proton pack is going to make your stress go bye-bye. It'd be great if it did. Seriously, though, let's talk about what you can do when you're in the middle of it. First and foremost, identify the cause of the stress. Unless you know what's really causing it, how are you going to deal with it? Now, remember what I said before, stress is a symptom. So if you just tackle the stress, you're not actually dealing with what's causing it and it's liable to return. So you need to get to the bottom of what's really going on. Reflect, dig deep, and ask yourself what is happening or what is not happening in your life that's causing you stress. Be really, really clear. I've talked in previous episodes about digging in deep so that you can understand what's really going on under the surface. And if that means that you need to speak to someone you feel comfortable with, preferably someone who can be objective and direct with you, then it's time to go talk to someone. It might be more than one thing that's contributing to your stress. In fact, it probably is going to be more than one thing if we're realistic about it. So make sure that you really, really, really understand what's going on under the surface before you start thinking about solutions. Once you're completely clear on what's causing your stress, you can start working through what you can do to tackle your stress. There's no one-size-fits-all approach because what works for one person may not necessarily work for another. So you need to come up with a list of things that will work for you, knowing your own preferences. A few of the main things that you can do are as follows. First, confront it. There's no point keeping your head in the sand to protect yourself. So confront whatever it is that's going on. Sometimes even just acknowledging that you're having a rough time can be the circuit breaker that you need to start thinking about how you're going to tackle the problem. So confront it. The next is find solutions. And I know it seems really obvious, but if you want to get rid of stress, then you need to address whatever the root cause or causes are so that you can get rid of the source of the stress. So find solutions to address the root cause. Next, talk to someone you trust. Often a good conversation, like a really good getting everything off your chest conversation with a close friend or family member can be just the release that you need. Sometimes you just need to say it out loud to be able to then move past it. And that's a personality thing. Talking to someone you trust could be the way to start processing your way through what's going on. 
Another way to deal with stress is to take a break. Maybe a couple of hours or a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Just to relax is exactly what you need to recharge your batteries and work through how to tackle whatever is causing your stress. So allow yourself some time. Just don't think that taking a break is going to fix everything on its own if you're not addressing the root cause of the problems. And I mentioned before about talking to someone, and that's more about getting things out. The other one I would recommend would be asking for help because some problems are bigger than us. So if you need help, ask for help. Don't think that you need to do it all on your own. And, you know, if you're super stressed out or blessed with anxiety like I am, you know, for some of us, the idea of opening up to someone might just make you want to crawl underneath the rock. But you don't have to go through things on your own. So why would you carry all of that burden alone? And seeking help from someone else can help you to look at things from a different angle and maybe even to come up with solutions that you might never have thought of on your own. You don't need to go it alone, seriously. So ask for help. And then the other one that I would say when you are right in the middle of a stress episode, the big one is diet, exercise and sleep. This might seem like shutting the gate after the horse has bolted, but if your eating and sleep patterns or exercise patterns have been all over the place, getting them back on track can help to stabilize things. So put down the cupcake, pour out that second glass of wine, and stop listening to that medley of Adele songs, because if you put healthy stuff into your body and mind, you're more likely to reduce your stress, as long as you're dealing with the root cause at the same time. Eat well, have a regular sleep cycle and stick to it, take regular exercise and do stuff that's good for your health. Relaxation techniques and mindfulness practice works really well. Plus, a recent study has shown that yoga can have a really quick positive effect on reducing stress and anxiety. And I'll include the link to that also in the uh, the written version of this episode. So once you've managed to work through your stress, take some time to reflect on what happened and consider what you need to change in your life to prevent it from happening again, or at least reduce the chance of it happening again. Consider what's in your control versus what is out of your control. If it's your job and you can't change things, all you can do is change yourself. So that means either change your outlook or change your job. If it's to do with stuff in your relationship, then you can either change your outlook or you can change your situation. In other words, you could get professional counselling to work on things or you could make a decision to move on. You can only control your own thoughts, feelings and actions. So if you're not happy with the way things are, then it's up to you to change how you think, feel and act. End of sentence. I'm sure it would be lovely if we could just snap our fingers and change people or situations to be the way that we want them to be, but life does not work that way. And the sooner that you accept that all you can control are your own thoughts, feelings, and actions, the better off you will be. It's amazing the amount of stress that's caused by wanting to change situations that we have no direct control over. And that brings me to preventing stress, which is all about proactively managing your overall health. Now, when I talk about health, every episode, I'm always talking about physical, mental and spiritual health. So to prevent stress, do things that are healthy for your mind, body and spirit, because what you take in directly affects how you feel. Also, what you hold on to directly affects how you feel. So work through issues as they arise and let go of things that are out of your control. If you're in a situation that is likely to cause stress, either do something about it or remove yourself from the situation. Now, I know that sounds simplistic, but if you accept that you can only change what is within your control, 
that you can't change other people or situations that are outside of your direct control, then all you can do is either influence the situation to change and then wait patiently and hope that it will change or change your role in the situation. They're your only options. So know what matters to you and focus on that. Don't let stuff that's not important distract you from what is important. If you know that you're prone to stress or that you're in a stressful situation that could be a trigger, be proactive about managing your physical, mental and spiritual health. Don't let it slide because prevention is better than what? Cure. That's right. And on that note, think about what you're exposing yourself to every single day. For example, there's a lot of stressful stuff going on in the world. Politics, environment, so much more. Have a really clear perspective about what you can influence versus what you can let go of and choose not to get involved in negativity. I make a point of not opening news articles about particular politicians in world politics because I just don't want to know the detail. I read the headlines so that I know what's going on because I'm not going to just pretend and bury my head in the sand, but I choose to find the balance between minimizing my exposure to negativity versus knowing what's going on in the world and not burying my head in the sand because it's important to choose what goes into your mind. So when it comes to stress and mental health and well-being, here are a few tips that I'd like to leave you with as I head towards the end of this week's episode. Number one. Stress isn't just about what's going on in your head. Physical symptoms are very common as well, so know the signs and deal with stress early, because the longer it goes on for, the more damage it does to you. Number two, get to the root cause of what is going on. Take the time to really understand why you're feeling stressed and know that it might be due to multiple factors. And then don't try to just stick a band-aid on your symptoms, but instead address the underlying causes. And number three, and probably the biggest piece of advice that I could give, focus on what really matters. Don't let stuff distract you from what is most important to you in life. As always, I'm going to close out with a quote that I'd like to encourage you to reflect on. This quote by Robert Elliott really ties into this week's topic, and it is, Rule number one, don't sweat the small stuff. Rule number two, it's all small stuff. Let me repeat that. Rule number one, don't sweat the small stuff. Rule number two, it's all small stuff. Alright, so to summarise this week's episode, stress happens to most of us and it can be a motivator, but if it's affecting you physically and mentally, then it's time to do something about it. Deal with the stuff that's within your control and let go of what's out of your control. Be proactive about managing stress and your mental health and get help to work through stuff when you need it. So that brings me to the end of this week's episode. Thank you very much for joining me, and I hope that you got some useful advice for how to tackle this crappy stuff that we call stress. Next week, I'll be talking about self-talk, what it is, why it matters, and how to work through the things that you think and feel so that you can be more positive and self-confident. I hope that you'll join me again for that episode. Until then, stay in touch on social media. I post extra content throughout the week online and you can find Let's Talk About Mental Health on Instagram, Pinterest and Facebook at LTAMH Official. That's LTAMH Official. Also, you can go to the website to find extra content, listen to past episodes and read the written version of every episode. 
along with the Mental Health Talk newsletter that I send out every Friday, which is full of hints and tips for making the most of your mental health and well-being. Head over to letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au. Before I go, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review on your preferred podcast platform, because reviews help other people to find the show. Also, if you're feeling really generous, please give Let's Talk About Mental Health a follow on Instagram and tell your friends about it. Thank you. So until next time, look after yourself and make a conscious choice to put positivity and kindness out into the world because what you put out will come back to you. Talk to you next time.